This is a HeadGum Podcast. In 86, Anna Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club Mystery. Tanner. Yeah. You are a papa now. You're a dada. You're a daddy. Yes. I'm a daddy. Daddy daddy. Tanner. Daddy Tanner. I found a reason for me, Jack, Mm -hmm. to change the person who I used to be. Yeah. It's a reason to start over new. Yeah. And that reason is Miles Nova Green Ring, my son, my new son. That's awesome. Is that that Yates? Yates. Uh... I don't know if anyone in Hoobastank was named Yates. <laughs> I would like to Hoobastank give... Hoobastank band members. Remember how I said, let's not start the Doug. podcast with So do you, did you mean Doug? Doug, yeah, sorry. Because Doug I Rob is the lead singer. Is that is that Doug? Yeah, Doug. I remember I read... Here's my one fact about Hoobastank, and it really stuck with me. I read an interview with Hoobastank in Rolling Stone around the time that The Reason came out. So it was possibly the only time that they were relevant. And and Doug yeah. was like, this was the anecdote he told. He was like, I'm such a huge Raiders fan. Like recently, like we went like overseas to like Paris and like the Raiders game wasn't on until like midnight. And I stayed up to midnight to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I was right. like, you would think that's an interesting story, Doug. <laughs> Doug. Tanner, you're a daddy. That's more important. I can't believe we wasted this time talking about Hoobasank. What I want to use this time for, this precious time at the beginning of the show, before we talk about the novel Claudia and the Clue in the Photograph, I want to use this time to give you some fatherly advice now that you have joined the Babysitter's Club. Yes. It's been it's, it's been three weeks or <laughs> four weeks since yeah. we last talked. Mm-hmm. Baby Nation, we did a death march for several mm-hmm. weeks before my my wife had a baby and now that we've had the baby we've been sitting in our apartment for the last 3 weeks mm-hmm. trying to just keep it alive yeah successful so far and now Jamie's on her own trying to keep it alive wow back at my apartment and i'm in a small cramped uh phone booth at a mm-hmm. co-working space you look great yeah you got that you've, you've you've let the beard grow out i see oh and i've got a dad beard yeah I'm going to let it go the full four months that I'm on parental leave. Yeah. And I'm just, I think I'm out here. I'm in, I'm out at sea right now with this kid Uh and I don't know how to raise a kid. And I'm just looking for advice or tips and tricks, anything anyone can offer me to help me raise a good, strong boy. Okay. You come to the right place and I'm going to give you some advice and you will glean the lesson from it, I think. His, oh, by the way, his name is Miles, and he's named after Ellen Miles. Yeah, the child's name is Miles, people, after Ellen Miles. After Ellen Miles. Come on! So, it's Miles that, Miles. Was to honor, that was to honor Ellen. Yes. You had a child to honor Ellen. It's the greatest gift. And, you, and when the child reaches age, you will hand him to Ellen, and she'll take him into her ship. Yeah. And sail across 12. the horizon. Twelve. When he okay. turns twelve, yeah. he is property of Ellen. And will you tell him that before, or... I tell him that every day. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't think okay. it's I don't think it's getting through yet, but Yeah. Yeah. Let me let me teach you a, a lesson in parenting from a fucking professional in the form of a story because we are storytellers. If we are nothing else, we are storytellers here. Okay. And it's a story 
about something that happened to me. Professional dad the day before yesterday. Okay. On a plane. On a plane? Oh, you're on the East Coast. I'm on the East Coast. I am in Massachusetts. And give the exact address because by the time this comes out, it won't matter. I don't know it off the top of my head, but okay. it's, it's it's on an island, so you won't be able to find me. Yeah. <laughs> but to get here was quite a journey, um, and it began as follows, Tanner. Sarah and I, my wife Sarah and I, planned our trip so that our journey began in Austin Airport at around 6 o'clock. We would get on the plane at 6. Yeah. Um, got on the plane at 6. Bedtime for Cyril is at 7. Kids are notoriously difficult on planes, but we have traveled a few times with Cyril, so we thought maybe we'll do bedtime on the plane. We got onto the plane an hour late, so we got on at 7. We blew past bedtime and decided, I, I decided that we were going to go a little later than bedtime because it wasn't worth it. The child was all amped up. So okay. showed him the film Cars 3, which I had downloaded onto my iPad. And he, has he seen it? No, he's not seen it. But he's a fan of Cars 1 and 2? Yeah, he fucking loved it. Uh-huh. Uh, I listened to the sound. He just watched the Cars. Okay. So we watched that, and uh, he got pretty excited about the Cars. And then, fucking professional parents, we decided to do bedtime on the plane, which is a high degree of difficulty. Change the child in the yep. airport bathroom, in the yep. airplane bathroom. Come back to your seat. Uh, get him in his little PJs. You do a thing where you Cyril goes first, and he goes to the bathroom, and then like you go like five minutes later. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Otherwise, they're like, wait, and then no one, two people going in the bathroom at the same time. Right. Exactly. Got him back, read the stories to him, gave him his bottle, his ongong as he calls it, which is onomatopoeia for a gulping sound. Okay. Onk, 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 onk. There we go. Mm-hmm. Yep. Gave him his ongong. And uh, does he eat solids him, yet? Excuse me. He eats solids. He does eat solids, but he likes to. He still likes to have a bottle before bedtime. It's part of the ritual. You see, this is part okay. of what you're learning. Create a bedtime ritual. It's vital. Um, and then I sang to him. I sang to him. I always sing to him a REM song called "You Are the Everything" off the 1989, 1989 album Green. Okay. Uh, I sang that to him, uh, bouncing him in the aisle, and then we sat down and he didn't go to sleep okay but we're pros and we know how to handle this kind of thing around this time the pilot got on to say that there were storms outside of boston and we were going to just circle kind of like in the film die hard to die harder okay yeah he was he was like we got plenty of fuel don't worry so we're just gonna keep circling around in this turbulence until they give us the high sign that's perfect, and I love I love to hear that when I'm on a yeah. plane. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what I want to hear. Yeah, I was like, I love Die Hard too. Thanks for referencing it. Right. We circled for a while. Another hour or two passed. The child got very antsy and like was alternately like laughing and crying, just laughing hysterically and crying, and just kicking the back of the seat in front of him and doing everything. And then, right. anyway, a few more hours passed. The pilot said, we've been given the go-ahead. It'll be an hour until we land. We're now headed to Boston. And I took Cyril onto my lap, and I was like, I'm just going to hold this child here, no matter what, until we land in one hour, and then we'll figure out getting him to sleep. And it was at this point, Tanner, 
that Cyril exorcist vomited. Yeah. All of the Ongong, gallon upon gallon. He drinks all gallons of over it. me. Well, yeah. and whatever else he'd had the rest of the evening, a hot some. And it was the turbulence. Telfu pups. Oh, who knows? Right. Just I, like it just kept it kept on coming. Um, and then I, I sat in a pool of his vomit. And then he went, then he went, climbed onto his mom's lap and went straight to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have been experiencing a lot of baby vomit over the mm-hmm. last three weeks. And uh-huh. I've just kind of, I've been bathing in it, you know? Like, I hear it's very restorative. I hope it's very restorative because so far, I would say every time the kid eats and we feed him about three ounces a bottle now. Mm-hmm. One, and once every two to three hours, he vomits up. I'm going to say half of it, an ounce and a half, mm-hmm. and it doesn't seem like a lot until it's covering you. Yeah, and then it feels like the most vomit you've ever seen in your life. Well, now think about this, and don't take offense because I do mean this literally. My child is twice the man that your child is. Probably more. Our kid's kind of small. <laughs> anyway, so that's the lesson. Okay. I haven't come up with any good songs to sing my kid yet. I only sing him that one song from the Ocarina of Time soundtrack, but I invented lyrics for it, and it goes like this. Stinky boy, stinky boy, stinky boy. He's a stinky boy, a stinky boy. And I just sing that over and over again. That'll work. Because he farts so much. Mm, Just like his papa. And then the other thing he does is he only poops once a day. Mm-hmm. And it's just so much poop. Mm. And I don't know if you have a baby or if you've ever had a baby, mm, I but wouldn't have. their poop when they're this age, yeah. when all they're having for, for food is milk, mm-hmm. their poop is gross. Mm-hmm. It's like liquid mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. sort of mu- mustard colored and it's also seedy. So it's like mustard in every way. Mm-hmm. And I have to clean that up mm. every day. Mm-hmm. And it's bad and I hate it. <laughs> it's gonna go on for another two to three years parents out there or would-be parents that is today's lesson of the day don't have kids yes our son is a beautiful ray of sunshine in our lives and we love him very much and you like the child giggly. already he's very giggly and fun huh. he's easy mm-hmm. i mean it's not easy it sucks it's very hard and like i only sleep like five hours a night but I sleep five hours a night. I think he's an easy baby. Hmm. I feed him. I feed him a bottle at eleven thirty to midnight every night because Jamie goes to bed early, mm-hmm. and then Jamie gets up once in the middle of the night and feeds him at like three in the morning, and then I get up at six in the morning and feed him again, and that's just that's it. That's the process, and it's, mm-hmm. no one told me it was that easy. Yeah, super. easy. No one told me like, oh, you're you're gonna sleep from eleven thirty to six every day. Yeah. That sounds like you got a good one. And then I assume it's going to be smooth sailing from, he's only three weeks old, three weeks old today, but I assume it's going to be smooth sailing like this from now on, right? Probably. It's just going to get easier and easier. We should talk about this novel a little bit. At this time in your, um, like when Cyril was three weeks old, I was like ready to die. Yeah. Um, No, it's good. Anyway, this has been Dad Talk. Dad Talk. Two daddies. Uh, We've got a show. I'm the newest daddy, Daddy Tanner. Can I tell you what happened just now before we went, sat down to record? Yeah. Super fast, because dad talk has gone on way too long. This is another lesson for you. Um, it, it begins a year ago when I ran a marathon, 
And when I run marathons, usually one of my toenails starts to fall off. Sorry, everybody. I know that's gross. Anyway, today I was like, I need to put the child down so we can get started on time. And I brought him upstairs with his bottle. He's in a new place, so I didn't want to freak him out. I laid him down, I slowly lowered him to the mat to change him. And as I was lowering him, I caught my toe on the carpet and ripped the nail off, dropped the child, and fell on the floor screaming. (laughs) (laughs) And then we both just screamed for like five minutes. I have not dropped the child yet, but anyway, I'm waiting until he's a little I didn't harder. drop him far, people. I didn't drop him far. He was more freaked out about the screaming than the dropping, but the whole thing was, yeah. was not good. Tanner, hi, hi. And why, why? And welcome to the Babysitter's Club. 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 History. Club. 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 I'm Jack Shepard. And then so let's is blow it, past it because we ne- don't get a second go at it in this. And my name phase. is Tanner Greenring. Uh, and this week we're talking about a Babysitters Club mystery called Claudia and the Clue in the Photograph, and it was great. Loved it. It was good. Good book. Felt good to read it, and it felt good to be back to have a reason. And my reason was the Babysitters Club mystery books. Mm-hmm. I'm not a perfect person, right? Uh, there's many things that I wish I didn't do, mm-hmm. but I continue learning, and I've never meant to do those things to you, Baby Nation. So now I have to say before I start the podcast right. that I just want you to know that I found a reason, and the reason is you. Okay. And it's not Miles Nova, as previously stated. It's the Baby Nation. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the baby. It's the Baby Nation. Uh, this week we read a novel called Claudia and the Clue in the Photograph, and t- right now, for you, live, we're going to review it. Yeah, and we do the review first? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, So what we like to do is we write a quick uh, review for Tim Cook in iTunes of this novel. Um, Timmy, come at you hot this time. Yeah, we're coming at you hot this time. I'm going to throw mine on Goodreads. Um, I'm opening up the book right now in iBooks. Okay, you got it? Yep. All right, let's review this novel. I think five stars is what I'm thinking. One, two, three, four, five. How many stars is possible? Five. How many do they allow? Five. Okay. So you, do you I'm think gonna, five? I'm going to rate it five stars. Okay. Title. Oh, I've got it. Look at this photograph. Perfect. Every Perfect. time I do, it makes me laugh. And then laugh. you want this all this is in the title? Yeah. Every time I do, it makes me laugh, cry, and read this book all over again. Laugh, cry, and read this book all over again. And so I have a suggestion for the actual body of the review. Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of the closer, so we're going to have to fill in in front of this. But I want to say Chad Kroger of Nickelback summed it up better than I ever could. <laughs> yeah, good. When he said, I miss that town. I miss their faces. You can't erase and you can't replace it. I miss it now. I can't believe it. So hard to stay. So hard to leave it. Okay. And Great. that's from the hit song Photograph by Great. Nickelback. Right. Okay. So we can fill in in front of that now. Okay. So so my only other note here is that Claudia talks in this novel as a photographer, something that she's been passionate about throughout this series. Yep. <laughs> time and time again, we've talked about she's it. She's a real we've photo bug. A real shutter bug. Passion for photography. And yep. it's really explored in depth in this novel. She, ta- she talks about a photograph as capturing the essence of a person. 
Mm. So, so that's good. That's I a good starting off place. That. So much like Claudia is capable of catching, capturing. capable of capturing the essence of her subject via photography. Yes, Ellen Miles and Anna Martin have captured the essence of small town America. That's perfect. With Ellen this. Miles and Ann M. Martin. Okay. Have captured the essence of small town America. Perfect. With this, With this novel about seven babysitters and one desperate man. Okay, that's good. Desperate man. Okay. What about, should we do a warning for anyone who works at banks? Okay, and you want me to do this up at top? Up at the top? No, we could do it now. A warning before we proceed. If you and we want this to be even longer, so is what you're saying. Oh, okay. You think we should just end it? Well, I think there's some nice there's some nice flow there because we can do the warning up top, right? Okay. And then we can say the thing about Anne and Ellen capturing small town America, and then okay. we can do the the Chad Kroger lyric right about missing end. your small town. Okay. I don't think we, I don't think we need to make it any more complicated than that. Okay. So Unless wh- you want to make it more complicated than that. No, that's fine. So you want to put the warning up top. So it says so it starts with warning. Warning. If you work at a bank or love banks, this novel will rip you apart inside. This novel will rip you apart. Okay, yes. Because, and then we should probably say because the crime that is committed against a beautiful small town bank is that too much small town? Mom and pop? What about big... I like big crime in small town because that juxtaposition is good. Okay, because of... Because of the the victim of the big crime in this small town is... Is a mom and pop bank. Is a mom and pop bank. Okay. It doesn't have quite the, the lyrical quality of some of our previous reviews, but that's all right. This one was going to be a little bumpy. What do you mean? The Chad Kroger lyrics is lyrical. Yeah, that's how we're going to land it. Okay, so we've got, we've got the warning, and then we say the thing about capturing the essence. And then let's just stick this landing before we throw Chad Kroger in. Something, um, something that kind of talks about the novel. Okay. What about – I like doing comparisons. It's a, it's a, it's a novel about photographs. Are there any other novels or songs about photographs other than Chad Kroger's sure, photograph? Sure, the Ed Sheeran song. Yep, I was thinking Verve Pipe. They have a song okay. called Photograph. So does Ed Sheeran. His song is yeah. called Photograph. Okay. Uh, we keep this love in a photograph. Okay, actually, no, no. I've got a, I got a different, I've got a different we angle. Made these memories no, I don't, want, I don't want that. I don't want that. So name, I, name a third photog... Tanner. Name a third photographer who is neither Alfred Stieglitz nor Ansel okay. Adams. Famous. And that's what I'm capturing here. No, I want you to name it for me so you can take part in this, and then I, I'm gonna I'm gonna oh, okay. weave a web of and Gettys and Gettys. Okay, <laughs> okay, hang on. <laughs> Did your baby have acne when he was a three week old? No, perfect skin. Ours okay. has very bad acne. Otherwise, I think he could. He's uh, you've seen pictures of him. Yeah, he's very cute. Could he? walk yet no but i think he could be an ann gettys model if it wasn't for this dang acne and i guess baby acne is very common that's it's a it's a deal breaker for gettys i think she's just not good and i think she also might be dead yeah that's no idea yeah okay so here we go the clue in the photograph and that's in quotes okay 
Okay, okay, and you want... So the clue in the photograph is all enclosed. The clue in the photograph will captivate you more than the sweeping landscapes of Ansel Adams. Okay, wait, stop, stop, stop. The clue... Okay, and you want, that's all in caps because it's the name of the book. Sure. More than Ansel Adams. More than the sweeping landscapes of Ansel Adams. Landscapes of Ansel Adams. Okay. It will inspire you more than the virtuoso snaps of Alfred Stieglitz. And Alfred Stieglitz is the name of a... Very famous American photographer. Okay. And it will warm your heart more than the timeless... Baby portraits. Baby portraits of Ann Geddes. And now, in the words of Chad Kroger... Okay. And then you, then you throw that in. So and, then, and then we say, Jack and Tanner, do you want to read it back? Yep. Okay, so here's what we have. <clears throat> Title. Look at this photograph. Every time I do, it makes me laugh, cry, and read this book all over again. Warning. If you work at a bank or love banks, this novel will rip you apart inside. Because the victim of the big crime in this small town is a mom-and-pop bank. Much like Claudia is capable of capturing the essence of her subject via the art of photography, Ellen Miles and Anne M. Martin have captured the essence of small-town America with this novel about seven babysitters and one desperate man. The clue in the photograph will captivate you more than the sweeping landscapes of Ansel Adams. It will inspire you more than the virtuoso snaps of Alfred Stieglitz. And it will warm you. It will warm your heart more than the timeless baby portraits of Anne Geddes. I think Chad Kroger of Nickelback summed it up better than I'd ever be able to in his hit song "Photograph." I miss this town. I miss their faces. You can't erase and you can't replace it. I miss it now. I can't believe it. So hard to stay. Too hard to leave it. Tanner Greenring and Jack Shepard. P.S. We love this one. All right. Uh, what do you okay. think? Good review? Cut and print on that. Good review. That sounded great. Okay. Tanner. And that sounded great. And that I love the way that came out. Wow. And I think the Chad Kroger lyrics were perfect. Yeah, really beautiful. Do we, okay. We got so many early segments. Uh, let's, uh, should we describe the book? Yes. Okay. Oh, I, we, we don't have to sing about it in this one. That's nice. Not yet. We have to sing in a couple days. Um, I'm sitting here with no toenail. I, I'm in a very, very interesting place psychologically right now. I'm glad I don't have to sing. Uh, we sing about it in the other podcast. It's on our Patreon. Look it up. Figure it out. What we do in this one is... Patreon.com slash BSCC podcast. Describe the book. You describe it. And then I describe it. Okay. Do you think the dad beard is working? I think it's great. Your, you're a bearded man, I would yeah. say. You're a man who has had a beard for mm-hmm. essentially most of the time that I've known you. It comes and goes. Sometimes yeah. you shave it. Mm-hmm. Most of the times you have it. Yeah. But I feel like my beard right now is fuller than yours. Mm-mm. You look like you probably trimmed yours recently. Yeah, I trim it. You, you're you still figuring it out, man. I need and, to get the look down, but I feel like it's starting I think to- it, Here's what I'll say. I think it looks good, and I think it looks better than any beard that I've ever seen you accidentally or deliberately try to grow by a right. long shot. Yeah. But I think that- what is clear to me is that as a man who's never successfully been able to grow a beard before, you're me. overcompensating and feel like you need to keep every little piece of hair that you get. No, I shave the neck. Yeah, exactly. And that's okay. 
but once once you're there, once you're fully there, you can start doing. You can do do some work and trim some back. You don't need to keep every little hair, but it looks great. No, I think it looks really good. I'm letting every little hair grow yeah, as exactly. long as it wants to grow okay. for the next three months. Okay. So I nailed it. As long as I am on parental leave, yeah, this is going. This okay. is going nuts. Good, and it looks great. Okay. What I would love is for you to describe this novel. Okay. Yeah. Now. Yeah. And I just do that now. Yeah. Begin. So here's what I'll admit something. What? I ended up writing my own description of this novel. Great. That's what you're supposed to do. But I was going to take the lazy way out Mm -hmm. originally, and I was going to find some pre-written piece of literature Mm -hmm. and sort of adapt it to this book and kind of swap out some of the names. Uh, And that pre-written piece of literature that I had found originally was the Nickelback song Photograph. Mm Mm-hmm. And I started to write it, and then I realized it didn't really make any sense. Right. So I abandoned that, mm-hmm. and I wrote my own my own description. Great, and that's much better, and it probably feels better. And I'm glad I did that, because it seemed like you kind of went on a Nickelback journey with the review a little bit. Well, they're just two of the great pieces of art about photographs. Right. Babysitter's Club Mystery and- Number 16, Claudia and the Clue in the Photograph, and Nickelback's song, Photograph. Photograph. Yeah. And then what are you looking up now? Why do you care? Are you going to pay attention to my description? Oh, sure, if you like. I never, I've never. Because I wrote it for okay. you. Great, let's hear it. Claudia Kishi is determined to find justice after the loss of hundreds of thousands of dollars from the Stony Brook Savings and Trust. Even though she's incapable of fully remembering the crime in this offbeat thriller, Claudia Guy Pierce is a girl struggling to put her life back together after the brutal theft of thousands and thousands of dollars from a local bank. But Claudia's problems are different from those of most people in her situation, as she was beaten severely by the same man who stole the money from the bank. The most significant manifestation of Claudia's injuries is her short-term memory has been destroyed and she's incapable of retaining new information and must resort to copious note-taking and Polaroid photographs in order to keep track of what happens to her over the course of a day. She's even tattooed herself with the crucial information she can't live without. Claudia retains awareness that the bank was robbed, however, and she's convinced that the culprit still walks the streets. Claudia is obsessed with the notion of taking revenge against the man who has ruined her life, and she sets out to find him getting help from Christy Thomas, Kiriam Moss, who appears to be a sympathetic babysitting club president, and Stacey McGill, Joe Pantleone, who claims to be Claudia's friend, even though Claudia senses that she cannot be trusted. And then the name of the book is Babysitter's Club Mystery Number 16, Claudia and the Clue in the Photograph. That's so good. That was great. And doesn't it fucking feel better to have written it yourself instead of just taking it from... A great artist, Rotten Tomatoes, like Nickelback, or a Rotten Tomatoes, or right, yeah. Um, my only complaint is that this doesn't it, your description doesn't in any way other than tangentially describe the events of the book. <clears throat> no, the, the and, it and does. does. There's in, crime and there's in, like photograph and an exact way describe the events of the film Memento starring Guy Pearce. Right. I see. I see Other than that, how there's perfect. some overlap. Yeah, I see how there's some overlap, and I think yeah. that's just a coincidence because there's some overlap between the plot of that film and this book. But Claudia Kishi wasn't a character in the movie Memento. No, I that's think that true. guy's name you're was right. like he had a Moment, really dumb name, Memento like Lawrence. Man. Yeah. All right, you're right. 
You're right, and I loved it. And apologies to anyone in Baby Nation named Lawrence. Your name's not dumb. Yeah, yeah. It's it's some people wear it well. Right. Um, I like the name Lawrence. Tanner, I would love for you to pull up oh, dun, quick, dun, 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 quick game dun, 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 of everybody's dun, dun, dun. favorite 60-second fast food experience, 60-second burger burger. run, and I will describe cool this. Coolmathgames.com. Go check it out. Yeah. I'm going to crack level six this time. Okay. I don't understand how this is a math game. I guess just because it's 60 seconds. And five. Oh, okay. Four, three. Okay, here we go. Uh, Claudia is obsessed with photography all of a sudden. She's in summer school again for the first time, but for an infinity of times. And she's taking a photography class with Mr. Geist. And the babysitters decide to do a fun project where they take photographs all around Stony Brook during one day to remind Dawn, who is living in California, of what she's missing. Uh, And they do that with a bunch of kids. During the photography day, Claudia gets obsessed with, like, wainscoting or something and takes a ton of photographs of, like, frontispieces on buildings. And she gets particularly obsessed with this bank, takes a bunch of photographs of the bank. Bad idea, but turns out to be a good idea because the bank was robbed during the exact time that she was taking the photographs. The clues are in the photographs. She looks in the photographs that she took to see if she can figure out a clue and works with the Stony Brook Police Department. Uh, eventually, she does find a clue. Out of time. And the clue is that the VP of and the bank has stolen the money. Oh, gosh. I just can't crack level six, huh? Do you, you mind if I just keep to. at this for a bit? Excuse me? Yeah, I do. I feel like taking a week off in between sessions is really what's hurting me because I forget all my strategies in that week. Yeah. It's I actually that, two weeks off between. Players. I think it's useful that you play 60-second burger run. It gives me kind of freedom to do what I want to do with the description. But I think right. as a note for the podcast that what we should talk about after is the description and not the game. Okay. and But here's the issue with that. Okay. Yeah, no, because I'm open to criticisms to on my I notes. didn't listen to you. Okay. Do the description because yeah, I was okay. playing sixty second burger run, so I can't have. <laughs> but any I didn't. Opinion I didn't or watch feedback you on the play sixty second burger run, did I? But so, you've played it. You know it. I do know it. Um, the Jim <clears throat> Zabreski did it. Jim, old Jim Zabreski. He's the VP him. of the bank. That she. He's like in the photographs, and it, it turns out that like the she. She didn't find anything, any clues in her actual photographs, but Marianne took a bunch of photographs of her taking photographs of him. And in Marianne's photograph, she notices that she she notices that a light is on in the bank in one of the photographs, which means that the VP must have gone in, even though it was a weekend and the bank was closed. And that's one clue. And the second clue is that he has a pocket watch but he checks his wristwatch in one of the photographs and right. why would you do that if you had a pocket watch i don't know maybe just because but they maybe like, you're wearing a fashion pocket watch. he must have he must have been hiding a secret key in the pocket watch and then tanner the craziest fucking thing that has happened i think in all of these books happens and i think we can talk about it via a segment that we have that's a fairly okay. new segment uh, and, you, and you have a poem for it prepared no, it's not a poem. It's a new segment that we don't introduce with a poem. It's called Investigating the Investigators. Okay, CPS. No, it's Child not CPS. Server. It's called Investigating the Investigators. Okay, who who investigates the investigators? We are, we do. We're internal investigations. Internal investigations. And we're and, also in CPS. No, with same guys. Your name is Tanner. My name is Detective... Tanner. Detective... Um... 
gonad, <laughs> chunk horn. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, gonad, uh, it's great to please be back I on didn't the go job to detective with school to be called gonad. <laughs> Call me detective, detective chunk horn. <laughs> Uh, my name is uh, Detective. Go ahead, Theseus Swalpex. Okay, yeah. Dan, I didn't go to detective school to be called Theseus, did yeah. I? And I think most Americans would pronounce it Theseus, but okay. <laughs> that's if you I insist on it. being called Theseus, that's yeah. okay too. Great. And uh, what we're doing is we're investigating the investigators, and this we're the internal investigations. And normally, we and we're inv- internal investigations, yes, internal investigations. And normally, what we do is we investigate the private detectives who sh- probably shouldn't have their detective license, the B- the BSC members here. But this week, we're doing something special, and we're going to investigate the Stony Brook PD. Okay, SBPD, S S SBPD. And I'd like to present a piece of evidence for you, Detective uh, Chunkhorn. Yes. And I'd like for you to... Um, Throb packs? Swole packs. Swole packs. Yes. I'd like for you to react to this uh, this okay. piece of evidence that I've gathered about a thing that the Stony Brook PD did today. Are you ready for that? Yep. It's Sergeant Johnson. We've met him before. He was the guy who... Sergeant Major Avery Johnson. Yeah. Junior. Yeah, and what he did when we first met him was he ignored Don Schaefer's very clear evidence of who the dog thief was right. and all right. the dog thievery that was happening. Right. But he's, he served in his... He's since... I believe he has since overcorrected. Right. And he would go on to serve in the UNSC Marine Corps during the insurrection and the Human Covenant War. In Human these bu- Covenant. In these books. In these books. Okay. Covenant. And he died, like, well. War, war, Warhammer? Warhammer is what you're saying? I'm asking what do you. you? Mean? Never mind. Okay, well, that's interesting to know yeah. about him, and maybe we'll, we'll be a little bit lenient. Can I read He unfortunately this? passed away on the Ark. Do you remember when he passed away on the Ark? Fighting 343 it... Guilty Spark? No, I don't remember this. And so maybe if that did happen, we, we can just kind of close the case. But let me read right. this passage to you. He says, Send me out with a bang. To Master Chief. Ah, Halo. Do you remember that? I don't. I didn't play yeah. it. Here's what happened. The fucking do- uh, Christy and Claudia go to him at first, and they're like, they, they go to those SBPD, and and they're like, we've got these photographs of the bank that's during the time. Look at this photograph. That the thing. Look at this photograph. Every, Every time, time I do, it makes yeah. me laugh. <laughs> yeah. And the like, the junior detective there is like, get out of here, teens. Which was is the right reaction. Yeah. But uh, Sergeant Johnson is like, hang on a second. <laughs> These girls have proven me wrong before. <laughs> they they solved the mystery of the missing dogs and fucking figured out who was robbing the, the art gallery that sprang up and then mysteriously disappeared and was never heard from again. So let's <laughs> let's hear them out. And they're like, they're like, uh, we have these photographs and th- there's this dude. And he is. We figured out that he's also the vice president of the bank, and he's in the photograph, so he must have Jim. done it. Jim Zabreski and and Sergeant Johnson is like, well, I shouldn't tell you this, but he is under investigation, right? Which they he really shouldn't. Well, let me read you a passage. <laughs> okay, if, okay. Let's take the pictures down to the police station right this minute," said Stacy, starting to pull them down off the walls. The rest of us helped, and within a half an hour, we were all sitting across from Sergeant Johnson in that same room with the same orange plastic chairs, 
Only this time, there was one big difference. Jim Zabreski was in the room with us. No, exactly. The police had been in the middle of questioning the banker one more time when we arrived. When we showed Sergeant Johnson the pictures, he nodded. Very interesting. This might just be the final piece of evidence. I'll take them in and show them to our suspect, and I think that might lead to a confession. If it does, we want to be there, said Christy, putting her hands over the pictures and looking stubborn. Sergeant Johnson didn't look pleased, but he thought about it for a minute. (laughs) Finally, he brought us into the room with known grand larcenist (laughs) Jim Zabreski and asked us to explain what we thought the pictures meant. This grown man brought like six 13-year-old girls, seven (laughs) 13-year-old girls into a room with a Grand larceny suspect. But, but think about it from I. I was thinking about it even from Mr. Zabreski's point of view. This troubled guy, who's fucking troubled, and Claudia says some weird shit about him, where she's like, "At first, I felt sorry for him. He like goes to jail for a long time." She's like, "Yeah, he stole. F- he stole like three hundred thousand dollars from the yeah. bank." She goes, "At first, I felt sorry for him. Then I found out from the newspaper article that he had got obsessed with." Saving for retirement. His retirement fund. And had turned that obsession into slowly like siphoning money from the bank over time. Right. And she was like, and then I realized that he was a very troubled individual. And so I was glad that he was going to jail for life. And it's like, how did that not make you more sorry for him, Claudia? Yeah. Uh, but from his point of view, he's being questioned by the police. He's like sweating bullets. Right. Megadeth song. And sing it. Uh, Dave Mustaine goes. Hey, me. Meet the real me. Okay. That's how the video starts. And then he goes, sweating bullets. We'll play it here, hopefully. That's all I remember. Anyway, Megadeth. Um, He's sweating bullets and, like, being questioned by the police, he's about to break. And then, like, the sergeant brings in, like, the fucking babysitter's club. And they're like, look at this photograph. (laughs) (laughs) Every time I do, it makes me laugh. Yeah. Explain yourself, Zabreski. And he like fucking loses it. He can't handle it. He's like, I did hide the key inside the pocket watch. He stole hundreds of thousands of dollars. There's a lot of red herrings. There's a mom with a, uh, there's the red haired mother. Yeah. There's the woman at the ATM. There's a, there's a lady with a baby carriage. Uh, We do have a segment, I think, where we say whether or not we guess the mystery after chapter five. Okay. Yep. Jack tells us the tale. While Tanner plays Burger Run, Stacy stole the ring, and now vampires roam. You rank their fashion fails, write a gothic poem. And the cat, it's a ghost, stolen dogs, and now Johnny dates. You're guessing the mystery. The books they've been burned And now there's puppets No more dolls And you won't give up the search For the crimes in the mall Jack wears jorts in the snow Tanner's boy demands Studio space Can you suss out the crime now Without Hodges painting Our girl's fates You're so dutiful When the burns are so but so thankful for smiles from miles so bright. Jack and Tanner guessing the mystery. Work it out five chapters in. Jack and Tanner 
And I would like to read you my guess. This book was a very difficult one to do that with because the first four chapters too. are kind of about summer school and don't introduce the oh, mystery at all. There's a weak B plot and then yeah. there's an even weaker C plot. Yeah. Uh, the weak B plot is they're trying to put together this book of photographs for Dawn right. in Cali. And the weakest C plot is that Claudia has this like photography summer school class. Yeah. Do you th- and she th- needs to do a project for it. She repeats, as all these girls do, the summer of her eighth grade year over and over into infinity. Right. And, but some of those times she goes to summer school and some of those times she doesn't. Right. But for some reason, that like the summer school aspect of this really drove that home for me. Where I was like, I've seen Claudia avoid in timelines where she avoids summer school. I've seen right. her in timelines where she goes to summer school. I've seen her in timelines where she goes to summer school and on the last day of summer school, like gets to go to Hawaii. But it's just, it's just different every time. And maybe, maybe that's some solace for these yeah. girls living out the same year over and over. That at least there's some variety. But I wrote down for my chapter five guess, which even though chapters one through four are not in any way related to the mystery, the guy in the photograph with the pocket watch stole the money from the bank. Okay, and you say so you got it. Yeah. Here's what I wrote down. Yeah. The guy from the photograph is working with the mother and smuggling the money out in the stroller. Mm, so not quite. No. Nope, the mother quite. was a red herring. Tanner, I believe that we should take a quick break. Okay. And is there like a Nickelback lyric or something you can see as that? I like? think you say goodbye. Okay. And goodbye. Goodbye. Tanner, I would like to read you one of the most interesting passages in this novel. Would you like okay. to hear it? Yes. And is it a segment or? No, it's not a segment. It's okay. It's something that. Not Buddy everything ba- needs to be a segment, Baby Nation, Riddle Babies. Yeah, it's something that Buddy Barrett says that just okay. I just found so profound. Think how much Dom will love it if we ever finish it. Put in Marianne. We know," said Susie. But it has to be fair. We have to decide how we're going to do it. That's right, said Jesse. So let's start talking instead of arguing, okay? I think we should put the pictures in chronological order. Uh, okay, right. And I did capture this too. Chronological order. And the note I captured it under was, order. I bet Jack is going to figure out the nerdy etymology of chronological. Well, it's not necessarily nerdy etymology, what it is, is it's a fascinating neologism that perfectly captures what Heidegger is trying to say yep. in Division Two of Being and Time. Okay. Quantology. Quantology. I looked it up, too, and it, this book comes up as one of the first hits for it. So nobody okay. has thought to put together chronological and ontological before, right. except Heidegger, of course. Heidegger. <laughs> right? right? In right. Division Two. Which is the the harder part of being in time, and in some ways the less complete part. But it's being my in time, part. right? Be what what is being and time, Tanner? If it is not ontology, ontology and, and chronology, chronology. That's what Heidegger was doing. That's what his whole fucking project was. And we can argue till the cows come home about whether he succeeded in that project. I know I'm not interested in arguing about this. 
But chronology is temporality. I mean, it, well, sorry, not temporality. It's the idea of temporality as the a priori transcendental condition for Dasein. 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 The... It's German for their being. It's the, it's what it's what Heidegger uses to describe human human being as a being as a as a a being as the isness of a person. And this is what you there think Buddy be. Barrett was aiming for? Chrontology. It's, it's existence. Dasein, we are the only creatures for whom our being is an issue. That's division one. That's division one stuff. But then you add temporality to that. Not only are we, but we are through time. That's the temporality part of it. And then fucking Ellen Miles comes in here and she's talking about chrontology. And I just thought that was so fucking profound. Look at this and then, photograph. And what bearing does it have on the book? Oh, okay. Let's talk about how it relates to the text. I thank you. <laughs> thank you. Well, that's fascinating. We already talked about a little bit how Claudia experiences time, right? The endlessness yes. of summer school. She is a being in time and through time, but it's it's she's also in one time and place and she can't get out of it. That's fucking yeah. fascinating. And then this book is a book that's about photography, right? Which is about capturing moments. But you don't just, if you're a good photographer, you don't just capture the moment. You capture the essence of a moment. You capture its being. You capture its being in time. You capture its chrontology. Photography, Tanner, is chrontology. Good right. photography, at least. That's what Claudia is doing here. She says that. She says she's going to capture the essence of this bank building. Right. And then and I, that's going to be her portrait assignment. But then the portrait assignment she actually ends up doing is portraits of the BSC. Yeah, and they sound including. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She captures them. She captures their essence. She captures them as they're coming in to a BSC meeting. Right. And you know who is teaching her to capture the essence of these people, Tanner? The Mr. Ghost. Mr. Ghost. I'm glad the you caught that as well. The fucking ghost. His name is Mr. Geist, Riddle Babies. Mr. fucking Geist. And he's not the only supervillain that Alan introduces this week. I'm going to start paying attention now, but when I thought you were going on a real run with um, Heidegger, I did kick up a game of 60 Second Burger Run. Why? Just to see how far I could get. And I just can't crack level six, man. I tell you what. <laughs> Well, let's not do that. I did go on a run, and thank you for asking me what the bearing of being in Time Division 2 was on this novel, because I didn't think I would have an opportunity to explore it. But so thanks to the guys at CoolMathGames.com for that. Yeah, thank um, you guys at Cool Math Games. Let's talk about Mr. Geist. So Mr. Geist, nice one, Ellen. We got it. We captured it. The yeah. photography teacher who just appears, his name is Mr. Ghost. It's German for ghost, and you didn't but, think we'd make the connection with Heidegger. Nice try, Ellen. Yeah, but listen to listen to who else Ellen introduces this week. Two people. Here's the first. Are you done with Burger Run? No. Can you stop playing it? Fuck me. Okay, and I'm out of time. Fuck. Okay. So we got Mr. Geis. Here's who else Ellen introduces. One thing you wouldn't be able to tell about Stacy just by looking at the picture is that she has diabetes. Diabetes is a lifetime thing, but it doesn't show. I would never have known if Stacy hadn't told us all. Diabetes is a complicated disease to explain. And since I'm not exactly Dr. Science, I'll just yeah. say that Stacy's body doesn't handle sugar well. Who is Dr. Science? Dr. Science is an interesting new character. Yeah. And what I can, all I can think is that maybe Dr. Science is like the Bill Nye of 
the Sitterverse, sorry, the co-working spaces just become alive with, no, vibrant with individuals who I'm sure are picking up on the mic. Oh, yeah, now they are. Yeah. I think Doctor Science is a fun science character in the babies in the Sitterverse. I was thinking about him more like Doc Ock. Okay, and Doc Ock is actually kind of a Doctor Science himself or herself, depending on the the verse in the Spider Verse that you were in. Right. If you've seen the hit film Spider Man into the Spider Verse, yeah, you will know that Doc Ock in that one is a woman. Right. That's true. And you have seen that movie. Yes, and I loved it. Sorry, there's apparently a rave forming in this space uh, Is it like, space now. I'm, I'm picturing it as being like um, the second Matrix. It's a little like the second Matrix, yeah. We're in, we're in a chamber deep underground, yeah. and the um, Sentinels are <laughs> sort of out there like releasing their little EMPs trying to find the Ebuchadnezzar. But Morpheus dosed the Evian water with some sweet ecstasy, and everybody's... Yeah, and now we're just—it's like a sweaty like rave, yeah, and that's what yeah. we're doing here at this that co-working does sound space fun. in Brooklyn. Yeah, that's great. That sounds yeah. lovely. Can I read you this third passage? Yeah, I think it's best if you do some talking for a few minutes for okay. this, this rave to clear out. <laughs> All right, we'll t- we'll turn your audio down while I read okay. this next passage. That sounds good. Every case is so different. What works on one case may not be right for another. Plus. This case was really special because we had those photographs. I felt a little like a private detective this time. You know, one of those guys in a trench coat who lurks in dark alleys, keeping his camera ready just in case Mr. Criminal shows his face. Okay, and now there's a Mr. Criminal too? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think Ellen is assembling her fucking Dark Avengers. We got Mr. Geist. We got Mr. Ghost at the head of it all. We got Dr. Science. The Nick Fury sort of character. Yeah, and he calls Got Dr. Dr. Science, Science, who's a little bit like the Bruce Banner, and then Dr. Science also kind of can transform into Dr. Monster, too. Right. And right. then you've got Mr. Criminal, who's the scariest of them all. That's like yeah. Rorschach. I don't know. And that's Rorschach, yeah. yeah. And that's an entirely different universe. And okay, I'll let you do that. I'll let you do that. I'll let you do that's with the Watchmen, and the other one was the Avengers, and y- you knew that, and you knew both of those. So. And I knew it would upset you. Yeah. Yeah, and I admit that now. Yeah. It's what hard to tell whether the rave outside is is breaking up or getting stronger. <laughs> and that's kind of the thing about raves, huh? Yeah. No, as a man who's been to a number, that yeah. is a, kind of the thing about raves. This Sometimes could go either way at any moment. Like, yeah. Either everyone is leaving or there, more people are coming into the co-working space to make as much noise as possible. Is it, when you called up the co-working space to talk to them, was your about about paying them an ungodly amount of money to record here every week. Did your conversation go something like, hey, uh, I'm looking for a place to uh, just record my hip podcast once a week. I'll only need like a couple of hours on like Thursday nights. And then the person on the other other end was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) I can't. Yeah, no, I, yeah, we have plenty. Yeah, okay. (laughs) And you're like, great, where do I Just sign bring up? money. You'll be good. <laughs> no, Thursday nights. Yeah, that's the good night. <laughs> Everyone loves Thursday nights. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go to the other space next week. <laughs> anyway, Ellen is assembling her Dark Avengers, moving right on, Tanner. 
I want to read you this passage now, Tanner, that blows the fucking lid off not one but two of our deepest-held, longest-discussed theories about these novels and proves them both beyond a shadow of a doubt and connects them in a way that we never thought they could be connected. Okay. And we'll probably do some, like, cool music that's probably happening now before before I get to the, the payoff here. Are you ready? Uh-huh. Yeah. You don't need to do it. Okay. Janine's it's, work... It's doing okay. it. Yeah. Janine's okay. work-study program involves helping one of her professors with some research. When I first heard that, I thought she must be doing something halfway interesting, like teaching rats how to go through a maze. But no. All she was doing was sitting in front of a computer for hours at a time typing in numbers. According to Janine, it was utterly fascinating. I'd rather watch bread get stale right. myself. Right. Whoa. And then, and so, and then when you say whoa. It's because someone behind you is just Are you emulating whoa, the guy really behind me who just yeah. said whoa? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> But it's also something Cyril says. <laughs> I don't know. I think he picked it up from me. He goes, "Whoa!" <laughs> like Joey he sounds Lawrence. like Joey Lawrence. But he never. He can't, he's like less than two. He can never. He definitely can't have seen Blossom. Well, you don't know that. Whoa! He goes, "Whoa!" He also whoa. goes. He whoa. also he, he often sounds like um, what what the fuck is the name of that guy? Um, he, I'll tell you what he says. He goes, "Yeah." <laughs> Oh, Usher in that song. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, he goes, yeah. he goes, here's what Cyril says. He says two things. He's picked these up just from listening to me, but he says them together in a way that sounds like that guy. He goes, what? Yeah. Oh, Lil John? Yeah. Lil John. Also in that song. Yeah. 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 What? Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Okay. What? That's great. Yeah. It's great. And he says, and that's what, what I have to is- look forward to with my boy. Yeah, man, it's fucking great. What, so right now, gonna... he just does one thing, and he goes. Sometimes he'll just sort of startle himself and go, "Wah!" Yeah, and that's Wah! kind of his only his only real means of speaking. But... Yeah, maybe we can just have like a twenty minute uh, outro, like post music. That's us talking about our boys slash the people having a rave in and, your yeah <laughs> fucking we work. Gonna peek out and see how many people are here. Okay, yeah. If, I, I want to. If out. you do talk to them, please talk to them loudly enough that it picks up. All right, let's get back to it. Okay, I'd rather watch bread get stale. Okay, and then so and then what's your theory here? Well, what the fuck? Janine, we get to witness for the first time Janine building a sentient fucking AI. She's sitting at the computer typing in numbers. And what Claudia says, what Claudia says about this. I don't get the, uh, when, and what do you mean about bread get, what do you mean about bread get dry? It sounds like nonsense. It sounds like garbage nonsense. Well, Tanner, we. And it sounds thin, it sounds thin at best. Whatever you're saying, it sounds thin. I have for a long time, and you may have missed this, had a theory that in these novels, not just the main canon books, but the super specials and the mysteries. It's not just some bread, and it's not just some part of the way down. Okay. And this it is, is literally... And this is a theory you've had. It is literally all bread, and right. it goes all the way down. Yeah, and this is a theory you've had. And this is a, a theory time. that I have had. And we've known for a long time that Janine is building a sentient AI. Right. 
but we've never had it connected. But of course it would be. So bread theory is my theory. You stole from me, and now you're you're a convert, and you're finding it everywhere, and you're finally seeing everything that I've always said is in these books all along, and you've ignored me, and you've belittled me, and you've made a mockery of me, and you've made it seem like I'm an idiot for the things I believe in. Let's but the not, truth yeah. is that I was right all along, and that these books are all bread, and these books are bread all the way down. Literally. Yes. I'd rather watch bread get stale. Why? What is so... They're like equivalent. The... They're equivalent. Those two things, right? developing life, developing intelligence, and watching bread get stale are equivalent acts right. to Claudia. Right. Well, maybe that's what she's saying, because bread is life in these novels. But watching artificial life being created, that's watching bread get stale. Okay, and that's, that's what and that so is. It's, it's like Rocco's Basilisk. It's like Rocco's Basilisk, and we do not mention that on this podcast, and we do not talk about it. We do mention it quite a bit, actually. We have mentioned it before, and we shouldn't, and we shouldn't have, and it's not to You're be all complicit about. now in the uprising. In Don't the look it up. Singularity. Don't look it up, but you are complicit <laughs> in singularity. Do not look it up. Werner Vinge. Is it Werner Vinge? I don't think it's Werner Vinge. <clears throat> Werner Vinge made up the concept of he did not Rogo Basilisk is not him but he did no. make up the concept of the singularity the singularity that's true um, the other Tanner, day a mutual friend of ours and it made me feel crazy yeah but a mutual friend of ours was tweeting about Fire Upon the Deep that and this mutual friend of ours said that it was a pack of connected sim- like empathetic otters in the first book no and not wolves it's not otters. It's fucking space wolves. I know, and that's what I thought. But then I had to look it up. I was like, "Fuck, were they otters the whole time?" And I no. just completely misread it. No. You have it's... to cut the friend's name, but his name is. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. And I couldn't it's... tell. And then I couldn't tell if he was making a joke or not. No, it sounds like a fucking casual. And in fact, the fact that we're associated with him at all taints both. It's of embarrassing, us. right? It's embarrassing. Tanner, I'd like to introduce a segment. And what it's called, I think, is funny music, funny music, baseball, and then baseball, joke music, and then, and then we say, Jack and Tanner, make it work, fashion, no sachet, away, idiots. Yes. And it's where we talk about fashion. Okay. And I have some thoughts about fashion this week. Yeah, so do I. Uh, we got a couple. We got a couple of fashion moments. I'll read the first one, okay, and then I'll read the second one first. And well, let's just pick this apart. Let's give our fashion expertise and talk about what we think is happening. I stood in front of my full-length mirror and looked. Staring back at me was a medium-height Japanese American girl. That's scary. That would scare the shit out of me. Of that, that would scare the shit out of me. Yeah. If I were to look in a mirror, yeah, and what was looking back was a medium-height Japanese girl, <laughs> that would really freak my being. Yeah. <laughs> Same. Anyway, it happened to Claudia. Yeah. Staring back at me was a medium-height Japanese American girl with almond-shaped eyes and long black hair held back by a pink star-shaped barrette. She wore a silky pink tank top with a man's white shirt tied casually over it. What man? What man? Okay. I mean, it, it's- And we've actually just... asked this one. This is, not a new, this is not a new problem we've had. 
We've actually discussed the white man and his shirt before. Right. So but now now he's being specified. Now it's someone. It's she's a, got a white s- man's shirt. She's got, well, it doesn't say white. It's a man's white shirt. Tied casually over it, white jeans and flip flops decorated with more pink. And stars. it's and you're saying it's a white man's jeans too. Who is this white man you're stealing things from, Claudia? It's a it's a man. It's a man. Yeah. Okay. And the color of the shirt is white. Yes. The race of the man, the racial makeup of the man, it's, is unspecified. It's not specified, but it's somebody. Okay. Maybe it's Mister Fucking Criminal. Can I just very quickly? Yeah. Draw your attention to something. Okay. And I have to get off mic for a moment to do it. Okay. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what Tanner has done, and shit, he's pulled up the mic and pulled the camera down to show his torso, and on that torso, Riddle Babies, is a man's white shirt, and it's the man is Tanner. It's That's That's me. And and I am white. Yeah. Okay. So. That is scary. Do I have to, like... And I have a young son at home. He's three weeks old today. Not In fact, anymore. his birthday, his three-week birthday, was literally one minute ago. Oh, that's not a thing, actually, though. Three-week birthday? Yeah. When do you start celebrating birthdays? I don't know, but you got to talk about them in terms of months instead of years for a few months longer than is strictly comfortable. Yeah, I asked our friend Scott the other day how old his youngest was, yeah. and he said 15 months. And I said, yeah. oh, okay, one, a one-year-old. No, but She's you can't. Year. And I we're at nineteen months, and that's just like a, a mouthful. That's like I don't know how nineteen long, months. How long is that? But you still say it. I, I often ask parents when I run into them at the park. I meet a lot of parents when I'm running around in the park. Yeah, that's my that's my conversation starter. It's like when can I start referring to this child in years instead of months, man? Because it's driving me up the fucking wall. Right. I think three years. Right is when I've never heard someone say this is my two year old. Yeah. Oh, terrible twos. Terrible twenty yeah. fours. Terrible, terrible 19s. It's a mouthful. Anyway, she's wearing a man's white shirt. They don't specify who it is. Me. Very scary. We think it might be Tanner. And then there's a second passage. Perhaps you would like to read it. Mm. Yes. And here's what I'm curious about is if this is a cool look. Because if so, I'll let Claudia have the fucking white shirt. Yeah. She can take it off my fucking back if she wants it. Yeah. If I can pull off this look. Yeah. And I bet you can. I won't bore you with the details of my math class. Except to mention that Mr. Davies was wearing a gorgeous red tie that looked as though it might have been tie-dyed silk. I made a few notes reminding myself to experiment with tie-dyed fine fabrics. So I'm curious if I can just kind of... I'm thinking it's sort of biz cash. Mm -hmm. So not a suit, but like maybe slacks and a button-down and a tie. And each garment is tie-dyed. Fuck yeah, dude. Doesn't that sound good? Yeah. That sounds great. And maybe great. if you want to dress it up, you can. You can go biz or even formal. Yeah. So we're talking like a, a suit. So you throw a tie-dye jacket on that too. Yeah. Or you go full like three-piece suit. Or, and here's what I'm thinking, tie-dye tux might look great. Yeah. And then, Tanner, so yes, you can pull this off. And when you next run into the fucking Brooklyn Thinkfluencers. Right. My next, you've the, did, did you notice that it got a lot quieter? Yeah. It's because I opened the door subtly and looked out and they all um, they saw your said, white oh, shirt. God, sorry. And, and yeah. Oh, really? Left. Hell yeah. yeah. I um, feel bad about it because I didn't mind their rave. 
Well, they just seemed like they were having a good time. So now you have to work even harder to win them back. Wear the fucking tie dye suit. Right. And when okay. they say, Where did you get that? You just say, Clue in the photograph. Right. It's from my hit podcast that I was recording the other night when you guys were having your parade. Uh, it's from it's from Claudia and the Clue in the Photograph. <laughs> right. That's fucking good. That is cool. That's a good Remember the time that. we went to a black tie wedding together? Well, we went with our wives, but we a, were both invited. To a wedding? And yeah. you didn't know how to tie your bow tie and I had to like tie it like a papa tying his yeah. son's bow tie outside the it wedding. It's very thing. intimate. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to read you this passage. Okay. And then I want to read you a poem okay. that I've written. Okay. That I've prepared. I didn't write it. I helped write it. I just want to read you this passage real quick. Yes. You know, this is fucking this is Dawn talking. She shows up at the end. Cause they send they send I, why are they making this elaborate gift for Dawn? She just fuck she the fucking left everybody. She left you behind and she's not coming back. And she you I know don't what think I they thought? realize yet that she's not coming back, but she's not coming back. Y'all the moment, I'm reading this passage that I'm about to read in its entirety. The thought that I had was a very dark one, which is that like they they spend the whole book like putting together this fucking photo album for Dawn. And then Dawn writes back and she's like, oh, they're all like, oh, Dawn's going to love it. She's going to love it. She writes back this like short fucking like one paragraph. Oh, I love the photo album. And the whole time I was like, she's busy California diariesing. Yeah. 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 She's she like, has no time for this small like, town bullshit. doing coke in the back of a pickup truck. Right. On the way to fucking Venice With Beach. her friend Keanu. Yeah, with Keanu. She doesn't give a shit about your photo <clears throat> album. She's lost to you. She's uh, a different person. I didn't, I need not specify which Keanu, okay? Yeah. Yeah, yeah no. it's that Keanu. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, California is a wonderful place, and I love being with my dad and Jeff, but I think my heart really belongs back in Stony Brook, and I promise you it won't be long before my body's there, too. Okay. Dawn, what? It won't be long before my cadaver is there, too. <laughs> what the fuck? What is she saying? She's just in a fucking dark place, like sitting with Keanu in some like opium den. I think she means that she's going to ascend. Oh, okay. Okay. Her spirit will ascend. Don't worry. You can have my corporeal form once I've finally ascended. You can have ascended. the meat sack that I've been <laughs> locomoting around in for the last 13 years. I won't be needing it. <laughs> Might as well leave that Me and Keanu... Keanu has really had a lot of compelling things to say about this meteor that's passing the earth. <laughs> and my spirit is going to ascend and we're going to ride that meteor to heaven. I think we definitely have to read at least that book of California Diaries. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Oh, taunt thou art sick, a very good burn that stings you so right, a knife that doth turn. It gets in your head, but oh so soon it will cause me to call the burn unit. It's our burn of the week. It's burn of the week, yeah. And my burn this week is on Baroness Orxy. Oh, so is mine. Great. Let's <laughs> Good, I've got another one. I'm so glad that you and I both caught the very subtle burn on Baroness Orxy. Take it away. <laughs> My poor misguided parents also disapprove of my habit of reading Nancy Drew books. Junk food for the mind, my mother calls them. I keep telling her that if she ever read one of them, she'd understand why I like them so much, but she just shakes her head, smiles, and hands me a paperback copy of some impossible-to-read classic like The Scarlet Pimple or whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Baroness Orxy, Scarlet Pimpernel, not impossible to read. I fucking loved it at Claudia's age. I've never read it. Seems boring. What's it about? It's about um, a heroic, I want to say freedom fighter, but it's the opposite of that, who saves aristocrats from the French Revolution. Oh, so it's like opposite of Robin Hood. Kind of, but you're supposed to root for him and the. <laughs> he like slays the poor. It's like and after, gives to the rich. It's. I think the my memory is that it's after the French Revolution have executed all of the really worst aristocrats and are now okay. just kind of casting about and randomly executing aristocrats. Right. And the then they have this this reverse Robin Hood to save them. Yeah, yeah. It's it's great. It's a message for our times. Uh, burn on Baroness Orixie, that was my burn, so I'll have to dig a little deeper. Um, I have a burn by the... Janinius is fucking great in this book. Yeah, Janinius the, is is always coming in with some witty bon mots. The, the genius kills it, and... She's always, like, posted up in the doorframe, like, yeah. um, actually. Yeah, she... Like, there's a subplot within the A plot where she keeps opening the bathroom door, which Claudia has turned into a dark room and spoiling her film. Right. And I am fully on the Janinius side in this because it's her bathroom and Claudia yeah. didn't put a sign on the door. Right. But she Even does ruin. she said she would several times. But Claudia, her thir- she finds a third roll of film. She's gone through all of this film trying to solve this bank mystery. I don't know why she thought she was going to be able to solve the mystery by just looking at photographs she'd taken of the bank. She did. She did. She did do that, Jack. She did do that to remind you. She that's exactly what happened. Yeah, but she and she takes finally f- finds a a third roll, and in the third roll, someone's looking at uh, someone's taking money out of an ATM, and there's like piles of fucking money, like right twenty bills, right. And she's like, "Well, this is it. This is the hundred thousand dollars that." And they they all get so fucking excited. Um, and then here's what the Janinius says: Once again, I couldn't help overhearing your conversation. I hate to be the one to tell you, but your deductions are based on invalid reasoning. What? All four of us said at once. You have pictures of a woman removing numerous bills from the ATM, correct? And judging from the dimensions of the pile she has accumulated, you think the pictures may show that she's responsible for the robbery? That's right, I said a little doubtfully. I was beginning to see that we'd gotten carried away, but I still wasn't sure where Janine was going with this. The largest denomination of bills in most ATMs is $20, Janine said. So? I asked. I still didn't get it. Janine picked up one of the pictures. So this pile she has couldn't be worth more than several hundred dollars. And even if she was able to override the limit on withdrawals, it couldn't be more than a thousand, Janine said. I'm sorry to ruin your case, but facts are facts. She put the picture down and folded her arms again. Oh, I said. Now I get it. I blush. We had definitely gotten more than a little carried away. At least I hadn't called Sergeant Johnson yet. That would have been pretty embarrassing. And then here's my burn. (laughs) Cheer up, said Janine. Your reasoning may have been flawed, but your persistence is admirable. Keep it up. You may still figure it out. (laughs) So condescending. (laughs) I've already cracked the case, but you'll get there, gumshoe. Oh, I love Janine. I was imagining The very last burn is that Nikki Pike calls Susie Barrett Goozy Susie at one point, which is really good. Oh, that's pretty good. Tanner, I was thinking that we should leave, unless you have anything else you'd like to tell me. Nope. Your rave has really quieted down. Yeah, I think they left when I gave them a stern look. Cut. You really fucking scared them. Yeah, uh, this is a this is a story of of heroism. I think it's the beard. 
Yeah. I never had that kind of command over people before I grew the beard. You do. I have taken you a lot more seriously today than I ever have before. It's really filled out. I feel like it took me 35 years to finally be able to grow a man's beard. It looks good. And your son will respect you. So you like the child? He's okay. He's okay. He shits and farts and eats and sleeps. And that's it. Yeah. And he, I mean, it's great. I've got lots of time off to raise yeah. him and play video games. Yeah, that's pretty good. So that's going well. Yeah. Tanner, I was thinking that we should leave and yep. go and disappear and go back to our lives. Yep. Um, I would like to thank you, Tanner, for bearing with me. So I would like to graciously Draw. accept your gratitude. Okay. You're welcome. No, I wasn't thanking you. <laughs> I was just taking in your thanks. I just wanted to create a moment around bring me taking in your thanks. Okay, well, for bearing with you, and you are very welcome, and And you are welcome, and and you you are welcome. Thank you, and I would like to thank the Riddle Babies for bearing with us. Riddle Babies, who have subscribed to our Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/bsccpodcast. Thank you. We love you, and we kiss you. Yes. And you are elite straw babies. And you are the reason. And, and the reason you. is And you are the reason. We've found a reason to live. And it's you. And it's you. Yep. Hope is tank. Riddle babies who have not yet subscribed to our Patreon, but are thinking about it. You are not the reason. The reason is not you. We have found a yeah. reason to live, and it's not you. L- look at this photograph. And or something the about song. Something on somebody's head, right? Yeah, it's like, what the hell is on Joey's head? And why are Steve's eyes so red? Yeah, that's what we say to you. But we do also love you and kiss you very much indeed. And you don't have to subscribe to our Patreon if you don't want to. But if you do want to, go to patreon.com. Some notable um, unsubscribes this week. (laughs) No, don't don't read the unsubscribes. (laughs) There was two, or two this month, I guess. Yeah. Um, two, two people who both subscribed at the $15 level, which is not a level that exists. They went above and beyond. Thank you, especially have you. Have decided to cancel their memberships. Okay, great. I was a little too rich for their blood. <laughs> <laughs> Buy our merch, bit.ly slash BSCC podcast, lovingly designed by Baby B. John at Fox. I'm not even going to promise Twitter. you anymore, Baby Nation, yeah. that we're going to have new merch on the way because it's the ball is 100% in Jack's court. And when... This is a secret about Jack is when the ball is in his court. Sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. That ball's never getting bounced back out, so. Yeah. This week, Riddle Babies, we read a novel that was called Claudia and the Clue in the Photograph. Hmm. Next week, we're going to be reading a little book called Dawn and the Halloween Mystery. Hmm. A little bit on the nose. It's June. Yeah, exactly. So... I feel like it's gonna be that's gonna be a tough read for us. It's yeah. gonna be tough to inhabit that space. Tell you what, let's dress up. Okay, and that's perfect. And that's what I would like to do because if the rave comes back, yeah, and I need to give them another stern look, I would prefer to look like a Gundam or whatever. Great. This week, Riddle Babies, I have been Jack Alexander Shepard. My name is Tanner Greenring. Claudia's wearing a bra now, and the way she talks, you would think that boys had just been invented. Let me read you this fucking passage. Okay. 
and no, it's I getting stronger. <laughs> <laughs> trying to pick up. A I really want. I really want for the sake of this podcast for you to bring your mic out and do your whatever you can do and just be like, guys. Um, <laughs> Should I just open the door and invite him in to be on the show? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm too much of an. I'm too shy to do that. You're too I shy. Say. I got scared, and I'm sitting here safely in <laughs> on a fucking island in Massachusetts. <laughs> I got very nervous thinking about the idea of opening. The I got room. my heart started racing. Hey guys, uh, I'm in a tiny, sweaty room that I've been in for the last hour and a half. <laughs> you want to pop in and just like say a few words? Uh. All right, they're leaving. I just one of them say, "Let's go." Okay. I want to hear you time. talking to them. I want to hear you being like, um, <laughs> I'm just not that guy. <laughs> Sorry to bother you guys. I don't mean to break up the party. Uh, just a quick question. <laughs> <I've> had gum. <laughs> okay, okay. I thought you... so. <laughs> All right. Let's get back. Let's get our heads in the game. That was a head gum podcast. <laughs>